Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Gonna see uh, some snow later on this afternoon. Who knows how much? Only the weather people know. (laughs) And a high of 35 tomorrow, sunny and a high of 43. Looking at 27 right now in downtown Springfield. We're having problems. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of uh, technical problems that uh, will be resolved at some point, but uh, not anytime soon. Uh, so if you hear us screw up, uh, we're actually okay. Yeah, we, and if, we usually do. And if we start swearing, it's only because we're at the very height of our frustration. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, the Oscar nominees were announced yesterday, and 16 people in the four acting categories are being recognized for the first time. You ready? I'm ready. Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell from The Banshees of Incheren. Mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran and the Banshees? What? I believe I didn't even know he joined the band. I don't. I, and I don't believe it's Farrell. I think it's Farrell. Farrell. Uh, Brendan Fraser for the Whale. I really want to see that. Yeah, I do too. Paul Meskel for After Sun, and Bill Niley for Living. Uh, even though Brendan Fraser has a shot, the Whale did not get a Best Picture nod. Everything all, everything, everywhere, all at once got the most nominations with eleven, and was responsible for four first-time nominees: Michelle Yeoh for Best Actress, K. Juan Kwan for Best Supporting Actor, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Su for the Best Supporting Actress. Michelle is the uh, first Asian Best Actress an- a nominee in Oscar history, by the way. That true? Yeah, I guess huh. so. Uh, his buddy John, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Steve, Steven Spielberg got another Best Director nod for The Fablemans, making him the only person to be nominated that award in six different decades. Jesus. How about that? Yeah. You know, one a decade. How come that wasn't part of the uh, Back to the Future thing, where they went back to 2015, and they're like, oh, Steven Spielberg's winning another Emmy. Like, that would have been funny. Because they the never joke. would have guessed that would happen. I guess so. Uh, his buddy John Williams got his record 53rd nomination for scoring that film. He's got the most nominations of anyone alive, but Walt Disney has the most in history still at 59. How the hell old is John Williams? Uh, he's quite old. And matter of fact, they're going to be doing, uh, Steven Spielberg's doing a documentary on him. He's uh, he's 90. Yeah, and and Steven Spielberg said he's going to be doing a whole documentary about his life and his you know contributions to the movies and all that stuff. That's going to be long. That's going to going to be good. I bet you it's probably a really good, you know, how, uh, you know, all those things came to be. The Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, I mean, that yeah. guy's been doing movie scores since as long as I can remember. Uh, coming in. And, and I'm not a young fella. Coming in uh, second nominations are All Quiet on the Western Front and the Bansies of In Sharon with nine each. They're up for Best Picture along with Everything Everywhere. And the two biggest movies of 2022, Avatar and Top Gun. Okay. Wow, Top Gun. Who would have thought back in 1986 that Tom Cruise might be up for an Oscar uh, for the sequel of the movie? Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. The uh, snubs people are talking about include Tom Cruise not getting a Best Actor nod for Top Gun Maverick and Viola Davis for uh, being shut out for The Woman King. 
But I, I don't. I, I don't know. It, the movie, the Maverick movie, to me is more about the the effects and the you know the real life effects that they used in order to make that movie. The story sucks. The acting is not that great. Yeah, it's more about the wow. Look at that on a IMAX screen. See, but, so then they chose it right. Right, that's what I'm saying. He shouldn't get a best actor nod. And you know what? Honestly, everything I've seen about the whale and Brendan Fraser in, in that role doesn't even matter who gets the nomination. It seems like he's going to be walking away with this because that's like a once in a lifetime acting role. Um, in her upcoming memoir, Love Pamela, Pam Anderson accuses Tim Allen of flashing her on the set of Home Improvement. We heard that one. Tim denied that it ever happened. But then I'm thinking. Are you sure he just didn't flash his own face? Because he kind of looks like a... Yeah, I don't you know, know what I mean? I think I think if she she could probably tell the difference between a face and, and a penis. And it, well, that's what I mean. They kind of look the same because it's Tim Allen. Yeah, but I think, generally speaking, she can... She's very good at, like, a, at, like a, at matching. Yeah. You know, one thing to another. Uh, in the low, in the in the upcoming documentary Pamela: A Love Story, Pam accuses of Sylvester Stallone of propositioning her. He says, uh, she says uh, he offered me a condo and a Porsche to be his number one girl. Hey, Pamela, I'll give you a Porsche and uh, I'll give you a condo in Miami. And she said, I'm not even sure what just came out of his mouth. And he told her, "Quote, that's the best offer you're gonna get, honey." You in Hollywood now? How did she? How could she say no? Uh, she replied, "Quote: Does that mean there's a number two? Uh huh." She adds, uh, "I wanted to be in love. I didn't want to miss. I didn't want anything less than that." Not surprisingly, Sylvester de- denies that whole oh, thing. Dude. His rep calls her story false and fabricated, and says Mr. Stallone confirms that he never made any portion of that statement. Except for that time I offered a portion, uh, you know, condo down in Miami. <laughs> Who wouldn't want a portion of my own? Uh, 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 Bax, you wouldn't take a portion of my own? Uh, uh, sure I'm not even sure what the dude was offering me. Uh, I don't know what you... I can't help you I don't think he's making any sense. Yeah. Oh, my God, the last time I had a portion of condo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one stool is as good as the next, uh, right? That's what I tell everybody. Not if you're one of the most successful stand-up comedians in the world. The writer for Kevin's Heart, Kevin Hart's reality check tour hit the web yesterday. And Kevin is very particular about where he perches when he's uh, spewing his particular brand of hilarity for the masses. The document very clearly states that the only acceptable stool is a winsome brand, 29-inch tall, like flat top model. Can you get a school a stool sample? I guess. The rider even provides an Amazon link in case the uh, venue needs you to buy one. It says, quote, the exact stool is important and substitutions will not be accepted. Please notify immediately if there are any issues. Why is he not bringing the stool with him then? It's just a stool. It's something that uh, can easily be put away in a bus. You would think so. Bus. Well, um, man, like it, there must be like a stool sample you can put, you know, like a section you could put it in. Yeah. And uh, we don't really... Uh, there's a little bit of a, a statement from Kim Kardashian. Okay. Well, what does she have to say? Well, uh, she... she. 
Let's see. She taps uh, the White Lotus breakout stars for a new campaign. She's doing a whole new uh, thing. Gotcha. And what did she say? Oh, my God. The last time I had any White Lotus was when Ray J released the Jam Babies (laughs) and made a belly button birdbath. And that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. The White Throatus White Lotus. Did you ever have the belly button birdbath? Ah, uh, Caitlin, I'm sorry. Yes. I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but uh, I once put the flange custard foam in there like there was a jockey inside with a fire hose. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I left the uh, the panties sunny side up on the floor, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Well, what I'm saying is uh, the mixture of the colon cobra, co- cobra, colon cobra. <laughs> See, we told it today it was screwed up. Well, let's just say that there was a butt nugget staring right back at me. <laughs> there you go. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. At Pro Tool, we don't have... To Springfield's Classic Rock at 614 and John Mellencamp with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be cloudy today and then uh, snow moving in this afternoon. Uh, who knows how much we're going to get. With a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 43. It's 27 right now in downtown Springfield. Well, see, the forecast I got, um, and it, it, it really depends on how, on who you want to believe. The uh, National Weather Service is saying up to like uh, you know three to four inches, but uh, the Weather Channel is saying uh, probably no more than one. You know who I should go to when I never look? That Dave Hayes. The Weather Nut? The Weather Nut. Because yeah, he's usually pretty darn good. <sighs> well, you know, it's uh, nice to see that all these schools have uh, have uh, committed to early release today for an inch of snow mm-hmm. that's going to turn to rain and melt by tomorrow. So uh, yeah. that's good to know. Hey, uh, I got uh, wind of this story that uh, is now being confirmed to be true. Yeah. Uh, apparently, last night, there was a winner of Mega Millions out of Belchertown bought their ticket at the Stop and Shop. For $31 million oh, last night God. in Belchertown. Now, does that, uh, if you swipe your stop and shop card, do you get the gas points for the 10 cents off the gallon? Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's, if that's if you true. you win the Mega Millions? I also don't know if you're rewarded the $31 million from that robot that keeps walking down the aisles of the stop and shop. Oh, uh, where, where the robot just acts like a stripper and just like, you know, peels back its little uh, computer chest yeah and then the bills just start spitting out yeah that's it yeah. right right yeah. it's like a walking atm uh-huh. even though it's built more like yeah. a like an outdoor uh ashtray than anything that else thing is creepy yeah i don't really uh i don't really engage with i don't i'm very distrustful of robots to begin with and we think we've had that conversation uh i'm less uh i'm less comfortable walking through and judging my purchases at the stop and shop yeah yeah it's true yeah, no robots at the big Y. Of course, no thirty-one million dollar winner either. I don't know. Have you seen the people working in the florist shop? <laughs> thirty-one million dollars. I know. Man. Isn't you that know? crazy? I mean, it's a whole lot less than winning a billion dollars. But I, I could, I could, uh, I could find my way to squeezing through with thirty-one million. I hope it's somebody who really deserves it. You know what I mean? Like somebody who went and, uh, you know, they're using their last uh, paycheck to buy the groceries and you have two bucks left in your pocket and you're like, what the hell? I might as well buy a Mega Millions ticket. See, I don't, don't, when I hear something like that, I don't automatically think, oh, there's someone who deserves it. I think of someone, okay, that's someone on their last, 
on their last dime, yeah. which means yeah, they're going to blow through $31 million in no time at all. You don't know that. To me, someone who deserves it is someone who has, you know, like actively saved lives. You know, someone who, is, who has done, you know, wonderful things in their community and is finally rewarded with a $31 million uh, jackpot with Mega Million. To me, that's the person that deserves it. Well, Not necessarily the that. person. Well, I've yes, done that. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's well, I'm just saying, how do you, I mean, obviously the person who wins would would have to be a good person for me to say that. But, uh, you know, if somebody's living paycheck to paycheck, I think that would be a cool story. You know, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you get, you're down to your last two bucks. Yeah. You're walking out of that stop and shop. You see that lottery kiosk and you're like, you know what? I'm going to put two bucks in that machine and get a ticket. I find it very frustrating when good things happen to terrible people. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm hoping that that's not the case here. That, no. You know, that, that the person in Belchertown with the thirty-one million dollars is, uh, you know, does deserve it, as opposed to everybody in Belchertown going, "Did you hear what happened to that a-hole down the street? He just yeah. won thirty-one million dollars in Mega Millions." Well, they'd be saying that about you whether you were a good person or not. No, I know that, yeah. but I mean, I'm talking about like if say like prior to going to Stop and Shop to get your Mega Millions quick pick, yeah. everyone in town thought you were, like the biggest jerk in in but, all of Belchertown. You see, here's the thing though, whoever that person was was pretty smart because most people only buy the tickets when it's up high, when it's up into the hundreds of mil- of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh or as we saw uh, what is it, 1.2 billion it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Most people only buy tickets for then, but here's a perfect example. Jackpots get won all the time. It's just when it gets up that high, somebody hasn't won it in a long time. Yeah. But those you don't hear about that too, too often, that one game gets up to well, the hundreds of millions of dollars like it was. Because you're right. You don't reach that <laughs> level of mania. Right. You know what? Because I'm on the uh, the Mass Lottery website. Yeah. Uh, here's the interesting thing. So you have the Mega Millions winner, okay, out of Belchertown, $31 million. You know what else helped, uh, happened yesterday? There were th- that one guy. Uh, one guy in Dorchester won Keno. Now I don't I don't know how this is possible. It says here three twenty thousand dollar winnings at Keno. Wow. In Dorchester at he, the uh, James J. Rice post. So he number probably 28. had the same ticket three times. That's what that's what that means. Is that what that means? Yeah, you can So what he won twenty thousand or sixty thousand? Sixty thousand. If you have three tickets of the same, like it was the same winning ticket, Can you the way he played it, it, it would equal twenty thousand dollars. Now I'm going to assume that the uh, the James J Rice Post is like a uh, an American Legion or something like that, that Elks Club yeah, or probably. something. All right, so uh, if that's the case, can you imagine being the guy that wins sixty large at like an Amvets? Yeah, drinks are on the house. Yep, yeah, it's Amvets Post Twenty Eight. That's what it's Amvets? James J. Rice. Damn. Yeah. Out of Dorchester. Can you imagine the tab that's going to run? You could easily spend all $60,000 if it's a busy night. You know, I I knew a guy who won like 20 grand off a Kino. And you know what he did? What did he do? Spent most of his time playing more Kino. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's that's the problem with it. Yeah. If you win like a $31 million jackpot, you should call it quits and never gamble again. I uh I'm I, I every time I play Keno, yeah. I get like one number, maybe two. Never enough to win anything. Do you ever play with Bob Kester? <sighs> 
Yeah, and he wins all the time. Yes, he does. And, and he I don't showed, know how. He showed me how. And I can he's show got a, you. He's got a system? It's a system. You know, leave it to Bobby to figure out a system how to crack a Kino. Well, but it's not like there's nothing. It's not guaranteed. You're not gonna. You're not guaranteed to win. But it's more likely that you will win more. Yeah. If you play just straight numbers. See, but th- but this is what I'm telling you. It's like you know Bobby in 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 all of his splendor. And yeah. Trust me, you people have no idea what you're missing out on that guy. Uh. He always finds a way to resolve nearly every issue. Yeah. If he's playing Keno, he's going to do it. I told you. I was at, uh, we were at Mohegan years ago at my slot machine. I'm losing my shirt. He and his wife sit down to the machine that I stand yeah. up from him. Boom, 400 bucks right in their pocket. Yeah. He, uh, he, we, him and I went down there years ago to do uh, roulette. Yeah, right. He, he had this method of playing roulette, and we actually won. We won like 400 bucks, which was pretty good. Damn kid is magical. Don't yeah. know how he does it. See, we should have him buy into Mega Millions tickets. <laughs> hey, Bobby, pick know? out these Mega Millions numbers for us. How do we know he wasn't in, in Belchertown yesterday afternoon? He wouldn't be caught dead in Belchertown. 622 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. At the top of the mountain looking down. Awesome. Trails blanketed in white. Perfect. Nothing between you and the base but adrenaline. Let's do this. Well, and the stop you'll make halfway down. Corporate.eppendorf.com. 631 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news and it's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all electric Ionic 5 for 28 days and includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Springfield Fire put out a kitchen uh, a f- a kitchen fire on t- a 112 Penrose Street earlier Tuesday evening. Springfield Fire put out a kitchen fire. Yes. Well, somebody had to do it. It's weird because sometimes they like write out the whole thing. Uh, Springfield Fire Department services put out, you know, and they'd go through the whole technical jargon thing. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that today. And they and they just refer to them as Springfield Fire, which is weird. Yeah, that's a little. Uh, Springfield know. Fire says there were no reported injuries. So three people are without a home. Red Cross is assisting them. According to the arson and bomb squad, unattended cooking was the cause of the fire. This is almost like straight and to the point. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you think that uh, they want people to know all the details. It's almost, uh, I wonder, if they listen to us in the morning uh, complaining about them not having any details about anything, and then all of a sudden they finally have details. Maybe we're making headway over there in that newsroom. Maybe. Now, this is Penrose Street in Springfield? Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, do we know what was cooking? Uh, No. Because I assume that, uh, well, dinner was ruined. Yeah, it probably was. The good news is that they're not that far from Tony's Pizza on Boston Road, so they could have gone there for. Uh, yeah, well, tea, when you know, yeah, you screw up the dinner. There's always Tony's Pizza. You're absolutely right. Ain't nothing wrong with Tony's Pizza. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Uh, going up to Greenfield on January 16th, three occupants driving on I-91 in Greenfield were placed under arrest after Mass State troopers found cocaine and illegal possession of firearms inside the vehicle at a traffic stop. Trooper Anthony Levine, assigned to the State Police Shelburne Falls, to the State Police Shelburne Falls, was patrolling I-91 at approximately 10 p.m. that day, and he noticed a gray Subaru Impreza with a defective license plate light. Activating the blue lights... Uh, Levine initiated a traffic stop. Levine approached the vehicle and identified its operator as 32-year-old Richard Meisner. 
the Heat Minds. No, Minzer. Heat Minzer. Heat Minzer. Uh, from Killington, Vermont. Additionally, he identified two juveniles, 16 and 17, when uh, Trooper Levine spoke with Minzer. He observed paraphernalia associated with crack cocaine consumption on the floor of the vehicle. Trooper Matthew Tremblay uh, soon arrived uh, to assist. Troopers conducted a vehicle search while removing all three occupants and securing them. A combination of crack cocaine, powder cocaine, and fentanyl was uh, found during the search, as well as two 9-millimeter handguns. You know, you're going to drag Barry in here again, and he's going to correct you that it's fentanyl, not fentanyl. I don't know. I asked him if he wanted to come in, and uh, he was like uh, almost, uh, well, I don't know if I got time for that. Like it was a... Uh, he's got nothing but time. Well, that's what I kind of was trying to indicate to him, but uh, it seems like he uh, wasn't really willing to come back in here anytime soon. Calling us what? a bunch... Probably thinking we're a bunch of hacks. Was it something we said? No, I just think he has no interest in coming in here, which is fine. No, it's not fine. What? People love when he's here. Uh, he, he likes to say, I got stuff going on. He doesn't have anything going on. Uh, he's a retired uh, man. Uh, listen, I, you know, I helped him move a couch last week. Did you really? Yeah. Upstairs, downstairs, no, or just one from level, room to room? One level, room to room. Yeah. Well, you know guy like that should not be pushing his own furniture. That guy, uh, he's so strong, he could have done that by himself. I think he just likes the company. I think that's what it is. I was like, come on, Barry, you can you can lift this uh, with your pinky. You don't need me. Here. You know, I you, you're telling me about him not wanting to come on the air, and, I, and I'm, I'm wondering if he's just... Uh... Well, he didn't say he didn't want to come on the air. I just asked him, I'm like, hey, you want to come in next week? Uh, what's bothering Barry? Uh, I got stuff going on. And I said, well, what about the week after? I don't know. Maybe I'll forget. That sounds like a lack of commitment. That sounds like uh, that something must have happened to uh, turned him sour. What are we giving? We're not giving him any money to be here or anything like that. He's just showing oh, up. Oh, I know. What? They're, they're talking about putting together Bax and Nagel shirts. Let's give him a Bax and Nagel. Let's make sure that he's the first one to get one. The very first recipient of a Bax and Nagel shirt will go to Barry Krieger. We won't even put ours on yet until he gets his first. All right. But in order to get it, he's going to have to come in here and uh, and hang with us. And so we can present him with the very first Bax and Nagel shirt. I don't know how long it's going to take for them just to be uh, put together. Can't imagine it's going to take very long. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the Holyoke Mall announced on Tuesday afternoon that Garage, a Canadian-based retailer, will be opening in the spring. Wow. Garage will be located on the lower level in Center Court near Round 1 Bowling. Would it be the Garage? Ooh, interesting. Ooh, yeah. What do they do at the Garage? Uh, the company offers clothing and accessories for young women that focus on denim, everyday basics, and trendy clothing. Uh, according to Garage, their mission is to empower young women to be confident, authentic, and unapologetic. The Holyoke Mall website says the store will be open Mondays through Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from 10 to 9, and Sundays from 11 to 6. You know, it's nice to hear that things are uh, things are coming to the area. Do you have this Lego story? Oh, where did I just I just had that? Uh, yeah, not not too far from the Lego headquarters. Yeah, I mean, there's the a prison. lot of people that work that still work at Lego. In this area. I yeah. mean, it's only Enfield, but uh, I don't like hearing this. Well, what are you talking about? Lego is uh, allegedly leaving Connecticut after 50 years to move 
their entire North American headquarters to Boston. Okay, so I have this other story. Not too far from Lego headquarters, it was announced the Willard Correctional Institution in Enfield will be closing later this year. Really? Yeah. What are they going to do with all those inmates? I don't know. Apparently, uh, Lego was using slave labor uh, for prisoners because otherwise, uh, how are they going to deliver that? <laughs> I don't think that's that's true. Uh, Governor, so that, that whole intersection is going to become like a ghost town. It already kind of is. You yeah, just know. know that there's something dangerous behind those fences. And at the prison. Yeah. I like the, the signs when you drive down there. No stopping, or it says like, <laughs> do not, don't pick up hitchhikers. Yeah, no, no, no waiting. But this is uh, this is not great news no. for uh, Enfield at all. All right, so uh, I see the Lego story too. But anyway, Governor Ned Lamont and leaders of the Connecticut Department of Corrections made the announcement on Tuesday. Lamont said the decision to close the facility is due to a decline in the state's correction population in the past decade which decreased by 44% from 2012 to 2022. Are you telling me you have 44% less criminals or do you have 44% more people who are being let out on these bail laws? Uh, we see, I don't know uh, what the situation is in Connecticut because right. uh, apart from Lego, I pay virtually no attention to Connecticut whatsoever. Well, you know, maybe to get to Costco or something, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what uh, what gives as far as the uh, the prison gen pop. Uh, Lamont says this will save taxpayers approximately six point five million dollars in uh, annual operating costs. Your gen pop. Is that yeah, that's uh, that's prison logo. Lingo. Lingo. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. No, the logo for the prison is the thing that's on the outside yeah, of the prison. You're, you're right. I, I stand corrected. It's got a ma- it's a picture of a man biting a pillow. It's a man. It's a picture of a man kicking a bar of soap across the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see that picture of like somebody who draws a house? Yeah. But it really looks like a guy bending over in the shower picking up a bar of soap. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah I see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. See, those, yeah. Those are funny. Those are funny. Yeah. Prison memes make me laugh. Yeah. Well, back to that Lego story. The Lego group announced that they're moving its corporate headquarters from Enfield to Boston. This corporation uh, is close to neighboring communities like East Longmeadow and mm-hmm. Longmeadow, but local businesses say they aren't too worried. The announcement was made on the company's website stating that the move will begin uh, in phases in mid-2025. The Enfield location opened in 1975 and employs around 740 workers. Employees will uh, work across two sites in Enfield and the company's Lego education office in Back Bay, Boston. And while this may be good for Massachusetts as a whole, economic experts say the western part of the state could be missing out. I'm saying this is a sad day for the area. I'm telling you, this is a big story. This is the big, big story, and then you know you also hear about the you know, the changes at Yankee Candle, and uh, you know the Newell Rubbermaid folks. I don't know the hell's going on around Smith here. Smith and Wesson's uh, making their moves. You know they got know. people leaving by October. I think I they're know. moving that whole facility down to Tennessee. Number one fan of the man of Tennessee. <laughs> not, not if you're working for the man in in Springfield. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, you're right. I don't, that whole area down there is going to become a ghost town. Well, they're only they're saying they're closing. Is that the whole correctional facility? Because I, there's two. There's one, there's the max up on the hill. Yeah, and then there's, there's one down. I think this is the one down on the down you know, below, down on street level, if you will. 
You know, uh, not that long ago when we were looking uh, to buy houses, there was a house like right next to the uh, the prison. Yeah. And it looked really cool inside, you know, from the pictures online. But then you're like, how badly do I want to move next to a prison? And I thought, maybe it's not for me. Why? Remember the whole George Carlin bit? Why would you not want to move next to a prison? It's not like when they escape, they're going to stick around. <laughs> Because I keep remembering that uh, that scene in uh, uh, that the Woody Allen movie, where he and a bunch of guys escape from prison. They're still yeah. all tied up in a, in a in a chain gang. Yeah, and uh, you know they go into someone's house, and you know they're walking from room to room, and the chain is dragging on the floor because it's all tied to their feet. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of afraid of. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen to you. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that. Does. How many? You got you, you got to play by the numbers. You know, like, how many times has that happened over the course of, let's say, the last 25, 30 years? I don't know. Somebody escaped and then hid in somebody's house nearby. I know it's happened, but I just don't know. I don't know, Steve, because nobody really covers news from Enfield anymore. Unless it's Lego going out of business. Well, you got to watch WTNH. Yeah. That's what 22 does. When something happens over the border in Enfield, they call New Haven and they say, hey, can you cover this for us? (laughs) We know there's no other news source between here and New Haven, but could you give us some information? Uh, a lot of people have memories from Disney World's Splash Mountain ride. Some people have overpriced photos of themselves riding it. And now you can buy overpriced water from the ride. Splash Mountain closed in, on Monday in Florida. It's being redesigned as a new ride called Tiana's Bayou Adventure based on the Princess and the Frog movie. It'll open sometime next year. Not surprisingly, people are trying to capitalize on the closure of the ride, but surprisingly, it is not the people at Disney. Random people are selling genuine and rare water they claim they got from the Watt ride, and the prices on eBay are all over the map. Some listings have only been bid up to a few bucks. Other sellers are looking to get hundreds up to $1,000 for their Splash Mountain water. Oh, my God. You know what? I could put hot tub water in mine and tell you it's from Splash Mountain, and you can give me 1000 bucks for it. Steve, you you could put a, a vial of water from your toilet, right, and sell it on eBay and, and say it was know. consecrated by the Pope. Uh, you can still go to Disneyland in California, where that Splash Mountain is uh, up and running. They are also replacing that ride, but a closing date hasn't been announced yet. You know what I think this happens here sometimes? Yeah, I'm sure there's a fan out there who would probably like a splash of water from Splash Mountain, right? But I think. Somebody does this on purpose. You never know who the winner is on eBay. No, of course not. And how would you know if this person isn't just doing this on purpose to either run the bids up to make more money and you know what I mean? Just just to bring attention to it. And now you get all these people selling water on eBay. Yeah, I know. And you know what? And if you're dopey enough to go and buy it, shame on you. You deserve to lose your money. You know, I uh, my mother bought uh, a bottle of mud from. Well, it had good intentions because it was a mudslide in Tully Valley, New York, and nobody got killed, but like five houses got swallowed up by this mudslide, right? Mm-hmm. So, in order to raise money for the victims of this mudslide, somebody had the idea, like, hey, why don't we just jar up this mud and sell it for ten bucks a pop? <laughs> 
And it worked. It was a gimmick. It was a gimmicky uh, bucks. type of thing. Yeah. But that hit, like, you know, I remember my mother going, you know, she liked the little tchotchke crap that, you know, she'd buy all that stuff. Okay. But obviously this one had good intentions because the money was going directly to the victims of the of, of the mudslide. But uh, there's people out there that would, like, probably pay good money for something like that. Yeah, but now after all this time, it's just like, like a little jar of, of dirt. Oh, well, when we were uh, cleaning out the house, the uh, it was. It was like almost dust because all the water had like evaporated, evaporated yeah. from it. Oh, boy. It's pretty cool, though, you know, have a little piece of nostalgia like that. I liked your mom. Hey, I didn't realize she was so easily duped, though. But going back to a water park, I mean, who wouldn't want somebody's urine and, uh, you know, spit and slobber? Well, and there's so many it. people going in there. It's like it's not just a little bit of urine from a, like one person. And then, uh, and then uh, Brian, uh, the intern at Disney, uh, throwing more chlorine into the... Oh, yeah, remember when Brian did that? <laughs> remember when all those people's skin was all burned yeah, off their bodies? That was disgusting. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today, cloudy, and then uh, some snow showers moving in later on today. Could see some accumulation throughout the Pioneer Valley, depending on where you are. High of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 43. 27 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Classic Rock. It's 6.55 in Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, going to be cloudy today to start, then snow showers this afternoon. Some accumulation throughout the area with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 43. It's 27 in downtown Springfield. We don't have a lot of time here, but I do want to mention that uh, next hour we're going to talk to uh, Steve Vai, the Grammy Award winning uh, guitar player. He's got an album that's coming out uh, on Friday, later this week, uh, called Vi Gash. This is an, an album that he had recorded back in 1991. Uh, the lead singer is a guy that died in a uh, in a motorcycle accident, and uh, that album has gone unreleased until now. And it's a really interesting story, and uh, it's actually a pretty cool album. And we'll talk to Steve Vai coming up in just a few minutes. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. And uh, also this code word Alexa that's also coming up next hour. Your chance to uh, win an Amazon Echo Dot. An Amazon Echo Dot. Yeah. Is that that code word Alexa contest that's, you keep talking about? That is exactly what that is. Oh, when are we going to do that? I don't remember. 7.50. You, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, at all. Have we done the contest at all? There is no contest. You give away the uh, the, the code word, and oh. then you enter it online, well, and, then, and then you have the possibility of winning. Well, this will be a good day to give away a code word for the very first time. We've been doing it for over a week. No, we have not. For like a week and a half, yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, no, no seriously, yeah. we have. Yeah, no. Okay. No, we've been doing it. Week and a half, at least. Um, I'm reading this story here this morning. Uh, we got a few. Are minutes, you right? sounding out all the words? No, I'm not. I can't read sometimes. It's okay, Max. One woman may have just come up with the ultimate budgeting hack, or is it? Vivian 2, known on TikTok by, TikTok by the handle... Your Rich BFF went viral on the video sharing platform with a clip of herself claiming she went on six dates a week so she wouldn't have to pay for groceries. She said, between 2016 and 2018, I didn't buy groceries once. I probably saved about $150 a week. Now in an interview with the uh, Elite Daily, two has admitted to her 2.3 million followers that the video was made jokingly and she didn't start going on dates just for food. But she did notice her financial needs eased, needs eased a bit when she was looking for love. Mm-hmm. 
Two told the outlet she was da- using dating apps to find a connection when she moved to New York City, but realized quickly that, oh, I can go to a fun tapas restaurant for probably free, or I can spend my own money on food at the grocery store, and I still need to cook, and it's probably not going to taste as good. Might as well get it from a date. You know, uh, here's the thing. Uh, you know, she could possibly get away with that, but guys like you and me, mm-hmm. we would never get away with that. Because we would almost be on the call to either pay for or split the bill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a ripoff. I remember going on a date years ago, and, uh, you know, we we, we were going to split it. You know, that was, you know, it was just a, a date. Sure. It wasn't like uh, anything grandiose. It was just a, hey, let's get to know each other kind of thing. Well, I got to know that person very quickly when they said, oh, I left my debit card at home. Oh, how convenient. Or... I left my, first it was I left my purse in your car, uh-huh. and it, I'm like, all right, well, you know what, let's, let me, I'll just pay for the deal. And she's like, I'll buy drinks after, you know, at the bougie uh, the bougie martini bar. Sure. And uh, that's when she said, oh, I left my debit card at Oh, home. really? I'm like, how convenient mm-hmm. is that? I'm going to assume there was never a second date. No, there wasn't. Yeah. And there wasn't even uh, any uh, attempt to pay back. The first date. Well, how did you expect her to pay back when she didn't have her money with her? Well, I, you could send me a money order or a check <laughs> for your portion. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you're talking. Yeah. You're talking. It was like uh, that was like almost twenty years ago. So no, you could have like, sent something Western Union. Almost like twenty years ago. So you're probably talking uh, probably a hundred dollars for dinner and okay. drinks. Yeah, you know that was pretty expensive. Now if she said, "Okay, I've got the next one." Yeah. Would you have gone on a second date? Was it that good of a date the first time around? No. Yes, yes. No, thing, yeah. because uh, I already am on to your game here. The I forgot my debit card at home. Yeah, she was definitely using you for free. Man. Absolutely. It's 659 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. This just in. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters, before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I don't know if you were aware of this, but the New England Patriots did not make the playoffs this season. I know. I was pretty shocked myself. But like any good organization, the key to improving your lack of production is to perform a certain level of self-assessment and introspection. Only then can you truly find solutions as to why your team failed to manage a winning record, finishing with a tepid eight wins and nine losses. For me, the reasons are pretty obvious, and among them include the idea of having your defensive coordinator call in plays for your offense with a second-year quarterback. That's a problem. So, what do you do in that sort of situation? Simple. You bring back your former offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, let him fix the mess that was left by Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Bill O'Brien, as you may recall, previously worked for the Patriots between 2007 and 2011, where he helped coach Tom Brady to two Super Bowl losses. Since then, Bill O'Brien served as head coach at Penn State, the Houston Texans, and then as the offensive coordinator for Alabama. Yesterday, however, ESPN reported that the 53-year-old Dorchester native has been rehired by the Patriots and will guide them to next season to do whatever the hell they're supposed to do. So what's going to happen to Matt Patricia or Joe Judge? Well, technically, Matt Patricia was being paid by the Detroit Lions, but that was only for one season. Joe Judge could possibly come back, but people are having their doubts on that one, too. The bottom line is, after missing the playoffs, 
Nobody really cares what happens to those guys. The Patriots have hired a guy with actual credentials and a key understanding of how things are supposed to work in Foxborough. So if there are any hopes that next year will be better for the Patriots, then it appears that bringing Bill uh, O'Brien back was an important step forward and that the Patriots will be back to losing Super Bowls to the New York Giants in no time at all. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Drill bits and saw blades, five bucks off. It's the bits and blades sale at Rocky's. Drill bits and saw blades, which are normally 25 to 30 bucks, now five bucks off. Instant savings with your Ace Rewards card at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Just say I play guitar and you say oh a lot. Yeah, that's you it. You got yourself a rock song there, pal. Rock 102 Springfield's classic rock. What you hear in the background is a brand new Steve Vai from an album that's coming out this week called Vi Gash. That's a gash singing. Didn't, 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 we, didn't we hear about Vi Gash during Caitlin and Kim earlier today? Totally different thing. Oh, completely Totally different. different thing. All right. But Steve Vai is a multi-Grammy award-winning uh, guitar player, played with Frank Zappa and Whitesnake and David Lee Roth, and has had a hell of a solo career, too. New album coming out later this week, and uh, on the Celebrity Hotline... What? Who is it? Hi, this is Steve Vai calling. Oh. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How you doing, Mike? Good. You got our, uh, you got our office number by mistake, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> how was how, how one of the greatest guitarists on the face of the planet supposed to be able to use a telephone? <laughs> You're, yeah, yeah, cut me some slack. Yeah, <laughs> no hey, kidding. Hey, uh, I'm really interested to find out about the return of the Swiss cheese guitar. Can you tell me that story? Oh, yeah. How, how did, yeah, first of all, you know this- y- y- I'm sorry, let me just do the background for you. This was on uh, David Lee Roth's uh, single, Yankee Rose. You played it in the video. And then it yeah. was stolen from you afterwards? Well, what happened was I had a I had a friend and Joe Despagni, and he used to make me all these wacky guitars, totally you know bizarre, interesting. And he made um, this what we call the Swiss cheese guitar, and it's this green thing with all these colorful holes and stuff. And I had it for the David Lee Roth uh, rehearsals, and when we shot the Yankee Rose video, and we were in rehearsals and um, at Perkins Palace. This was. 36 and a half years ago, <laughs> and it got stolen. Four of my guitars got stolen. And you know, 36 and a half years later, this kid in Mexico finds the guitar in his his grandparents' attic in Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and he finds it. It's just buried. And it is as if somebody had it, and they just closed the case and never opened it. And he saw it and just did a little research and discovered it was mine. And he drove up from Tijuana and returned it to me. That's pretty awesome. So you had, so you have no idea who took it. Well, obviously, Grandma no. and Grandpa stole it, yeah, little I bastards. Know, right. You can't, well, can't that, trust those people. It was in the house before. It's a mystery because it was in the house before they lived there. I, I, I like fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's so cool that it, you actually got it back. Though. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Right. Yeah. I'd give anything to see Grandma jamming out. On <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to ask you about this uh, this this record, the Vi Gash. I think that the story behind this is amazing. This is a uh, this is a record that should have come out back in the the early nineties. Uh, but you know, various things happened to uh, that, that that made it uh, not happen. Tell me a little bit about uh, Johnny Gash uh, Sombrato and 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 who he was. Oh, he was just this amazing guy. It's so hard to describe. Tough New York Italian biker, John Sombrato. And when he was 21, he was riding his motorcycle along these power lines, and he got lost. So he climbed one of the electrical towers, and while he was up there, the electricity arced and went through him and he fell 30 feet onto a barbed wire fence and caught fire and his body 60 percent of it was just burnt and that that's how he got the name gash you know this nickname and uh he's just uh, to, to try to explain uh, him so difficult because he was wild he was tough he was funny charming uh unpredictable shocking and just just insane you know but just so lovable. And he eventually moved out to California, and I was always into the biker culture. You know, ever since I was a kid, I used right. to build mini bikes and motorbikes and could never afford a Harley, you know. But when I got out to California and I started uh, making some bucks, I bought a Harley, and I was part of that whole 90s kind of yuppie Harley movement, you know. <laughs> and and Gash and I, with our, you know, our girls and and all of our friends, we'd go on these outstanding bike rides. I mean, it was it's such a great community, you know, and riding a motorcycle, if you ever talk to enthusiasts, they wax on generously about the joys of being in the wind. You oh, know? yeah. It really is. It really is um, a, a great feeling of freedom, and it reminds me also of sort of being on stage and having that energy of rock and roll coming through you, you know, and I, through my whole career, I make all sorts of, you know, different kinds of records, but I really cut my teeth when I was a teenager on, uh, you know, 70s rock and 80s. I just love that feel, that sound. And at one point we're riding, I'm just thinking, I, I want to make a record that sounds like the way I feel, <laughs> you know, the way we feel when we're riding so that we can listen to it and just, you know, get a kick. So I stopped everything I was doing and I just ran into the studio and in like a week or so it was sort of like a stream of consciousness i just recorded this record and i wanted it to be really straight ahead totally you know um rock and roll no thrills no big long guitar solos no filler stuff just straight ahead and i ripped this record out and when i was done i needed a singer I didn't know Gash could sing. He 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 sang, but he would do all these like crooning Frank Sinatra kinds of things. I don't even know if he knew he could sing, you know. So, but I could hear something in his voice, and I got him into the studio, and I just I couldn't believe what came out of his mouth. He was so authentic and connected, and just he owned it. You know, he had that that whole rock star DNA thing. You know, and I've I've been fortunate enough that been in bands and have worked with some pretty extroverted lead singers you know <laughs> they call it the lead singer syndrome you know but uh 
you got to have that DNA to be able to stand on a, an arena stage and just yeah. you know, really engage the audience and be that person. And Gash was so much that person. I, well, I just well, you know, Steve. When and, and Steve Vai is on the phone, so, you know, I, I listen to Let's Jam and I listen to uh, you, you know in, in the Wind, and I'm thinking where the you know, before I read the 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 background on 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 this guy, I'm thinking. Where the hell has this guy been? You know, it's like yeah, right. just I mean, the guy's got the guy had you know a, a hell of a voice on him. I mean, it would have been what pipes. It, it, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened to him had he had he not died uh, just a, a few short years later. What happened to that that record though? Because it it never got released in nineteen ninety one. What what happened that uh, that interrupted it? Well, what happened was I was also in the middle of doing a project called Sex and Religion, and I was just kind of kicking it off, and I'd already, uh, you know, got the wheels going for that. So I did that project, and that was great, and I was planning on going back to fleshing out some more songs with Gash, and, um, you know, just tragically he was killed in this motorcycle accident, and I was so disheartened and just so broken about it. I took the whole project and just threw it on the shelf, and I, I didn't even listen to it for 10 years. And finally, I started listening to it again, and I just really, it reminded me of the of him. And, the, you know, this whole record is about him. It's not really Steve Vai, you know I mean? Yeah. I, I made it, I produced it, I played the guitars and everything, I wrote everything. But really, his, uh, you got to listen to the record to kind of get what he was about. And then, you know, through the years, I just, was listening to it and i just thought you know what there will come a time when my fans uh will be ready for this and that came and here it is and i'm so happy i could get it out now it's uh it's coming out uh on vinyl on february 24th but digitally and on cd on the 27th of uh of january like i said i mean the, the, the yeah. two songs i heard you're like wow these are these are really pretty good songs and and you put it yeah, in that song let's yeah that song let's jam is an ode to uh djs <laughs> Yeah, I, that's that's uh, that's a, a misinformed idea. Well, no, because <laughs> you've been quoted as saying, you know, when you were younger, radio DJs were the, were the king. They were the guys that uh, well, produced yeah. all. Yeah, well, thank God that phased out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are holding the torch. Yeah. <laughs> we're just two idiots waiting for the next cut to come around. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, back in the seventies, uh, I know that uh, DJs kind of had a different role you know they mm -hmm. they could choose all their own playlists and you know it's like no matter where you were or in your life you turned on that radio and it was like sanctuary you yeah. know and it still is it's still like that you guys are burning that torch I, i'm sorry steve we gotta cut this interview we no. need to play jet airliner real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, i do what i do want to talk to you about something because uh you back in uh in in june i i uh, did an interview with uh, mike keneally who i know you've worked with a lot oh mike yeah first of all what a monstrous talent and what a really really cool guy and i know that you're uh, that you just uh, uh, appeared on on one of his songs that's coming out in February uh, called Celery. I listened to that. That's another great one. Keneally is yeah. an awesome talent, and the fact that you both have a Frank Zappa connection has to be uh, just a, the stories you must tell about those periods of time in your life have to be amazing. Oh, anybody that's worked with Frank has a lot of great stories, and Keneally. <laughs> oh my God, he's he's a, a wonder. He's just so brilliant, and I'm so happy. He was in my band for some years. Yeah. In fact, yeah, did, and, didn't and, you? He's, I mean, he's known as a guitar player, but didn't you have him 
record a couple of albums of your songs playing the piano rather than the, the guitar? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was outstanding. Mike is so brilliant. Um, I have this this series of records that I do uh, called call Piano Reductions, and I find these uh, incredibly brilliant p- pianists, and I give them my songs, and they do their piano reduction on it. And Mike did that on the, the first uh, record that I made like this. And yeah. wow, he just did such a brilliant job. And that's just piano. That's just like one facet of his playing yeah pretty i mean just a remarkable remarkable guy but um yeah so the, the but as far as the what you're going to do after this uh, the, the vigash release i mean you got stuff on the horizon beyond this or are you just gonna you kind of take it easy oh yeah no i released um a, a record a year ago virtually exactly a year ago and uh it's called inviolate and it's more along the lines of the thing that I do, which is instrumental guitar rock music. And we toured uh, Europe and America, and I'm still in the, sort of in the middle of that tour because in March we go to Eastern Europe for a couple of months, and then we're in America again for a couple of months, two and a half months, and then we go to South America and Mexico, and then in September it's uh, Australia, New Zealand, Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, you know, that whole wow. area and Japan, China, and then we end it with uh, Africa and India. <laughs> and then it's Christmas again. <laughs> now, now, when you're in uh, Tijuana, do you stop and use that attic as like a storage area for all your instruments? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we yeah. hire the grandparents to lug mm. all the stuff up to the attic. Oh, yeah, well, perfect, yeah. 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 You, put, you put them to work. That's what yeah, they that's need. Right. Steve oh, Vai, the, uh, the name of the, uh, the new record, Vai Gash, it's out on uh, January 27th and on vinyl on the 24th of February. Great to talk to you. Best of luck with the record. Thank you. Great to talk to you guys. Thanks so much. You bet. Steve Vai with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. 727 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, cloudy this morning and then uh, snow showers this afternoon with a high of uh, 35. It's uh, 27 right now in downtown Springfield. You uh, missed our interview with uh, Steve Vai. Uh, You can check out the daily podcast available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, or in rock102.com. That'll be posted after the show today. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest, uh, Kat Clyde, great, great uh, songwriter and singer. she got a brand-new record coming out, her third album called Down Rounder. That'll be out uh, next month. And uh, I don't want to I don't want the cat out of the bag, but I got a pretty good one coming up for next week, too. Why Actually, a very tell, good one. Why don't you just tell everybody? Because it because uh, I haven't recorded it yet. And it's a uh, it's a uh, I'm supposed to be doing that to, tomorrow. So, oh, oh you don't want to ruin it and you don't want to say it and it not happen. I don't want to jinx myself. Yeah, but get, it, but if it you. happens, it's a good one. All right. I'll be looking forward to it. OK. All right. We got news next to Rock 102. 31. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news, and it's brought to you by Noonan Energy, reliable service for heating, cooling, electrical, and plumbing. Noonan.com, his local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Crews responded to the intersection of Main and Bridge Streets in Palmer Tuesday evening after a pedestrian was struck by a car while walking in the crosswalk. According to Palmer Police Sergeant David Burns, the incident resulted in the victim being sent to the hospital with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Sergeant Burns added that the accident occurred around 7 p.m. and that the driver stayed with police. The accident is currently under investigation. Uh, hey, you remember we were worried about what Eric Lesser would have been would be doing? Yeah. Former Mass State uh, Senator Eric Lesser has a new job. No kidding. Yeah, he's set to join Wilmer Hale, a Boston-based law firm, as a member of the firm's public policy and regulatory affairs group. 
That comes according to a statement from the firm, which added that Lesser will continue to reside in Longmeadow. His planned start date is February 1st. What a commute. That's why he wants that east-west rail thing. Yeah, no kidding. You know what? I knew I was going to be a lawyer in Boston one of these days, and I wanted that train built before I got out of office. So close. Now I got to drive every day. Well, he was driving to Boston every day anyway. They don't take the train. They don't, like, park in Framingham and then take the train the rest of the way. Well, I'm sure some of them do. I mean, I wouldn't want to park my car in Boston every day. That, that's, a, that's a total pain in the ass. I mean, you're a state rep. You're not God. What's the name of this place? Wilmer Hale? Wilmer! Wilmer! Hey, Fred. Hey, Fred. Get a little of the shooting gun that we just hired down here. <laughs> he said he was a senator. I'm not believing him, Fred. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a little shady thing going on there. <laughs> Bunny, you treat our new guest with uh, with uh, politeness, okay? Yes, Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Slate at the Wilmer. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway, uh, <laughs> last week, the Paulo Freire Social Justice Charter School Board of Trustees voted to surrender its charter effective June 30th. On Tuesday, the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education voted to accept the surrender. Paulo Freire Justice uh, Charter School opened its uh, Chickabee location six years ago after relocating from Holyoke. However, come the end of the school year in June, the high school will shut its doors for good, leaving 215 students without a school to attend. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know uh, the school, this is where Holyoke Catholic had been Uh before they were absorbed into uh, the uh, the Pope Francis uh, development on uh, East Forest Park. Lighten up, Francis. Lighten up, Francis. Yeah. These, uh, you know, these charter schools, they, they seem like they're kind of a scam. Um. I don't know if they're a scam, but they're but, they're primarily a business. Yes. And like any business, they run the risk of either succeeding or failing. Right. So why would you take the risk by sending your kid to a school that might close? Because some people, some people are freaked out about the idea of sending your kids to public school. Oh, my God. I know. Now, I'm a product of a public school education myself. Yeah. And even though, uh, you know, I would I let, uh, you know, my pathway to success, you know, hinge on a lousy business like radio, that's not the case for a lot of other people. Some people get through a public education and are uh, incredibly successful. Yeah. I think uh, not sending your kid to a public school is like saying, yeah, I don't trust humans in general. Mm. Yeah, I know. Because those that's like your peers. Your peers are the ones that are teaching your kids at school. I got no problem with it. I know some people say, oh, you know, the public schools are, you know, they're rough, they're tough, they're, you know, they're terrible places. But yet, you know where all the resources go for education? Yeah. Public schools. Yeah. They don't go to private schools. No, they don't. No, they don't. And and sometimes in private schools, you know, they don't have the ability to hire uh, the top-notch teachers because they just don't pay them well enough. Well, on uh, Tuesday, the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education voted to accept the surrender of the charter granted to the school. The school is committed to continuing operations through the end of the 2022-23 school year. Uh, uh, This is the commissioner, Jeffrey Riley, said, I recommend that the board vote to accept the surrender of the charter granted to the Paulo Freire Social Justice School. How do you even say that? Paulo? 
Apollo Friere, I think it is. Isn't that the guy with the cooking show? No, no, no. That's Guy Fieri. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of that that show that was on in the eighties. Um, uh, uh, can you be more specific? Yeah, it was on ABC and it had uh, well, Ryan Gosling was in the new film. Um, let's see, who was it? Lee Majors, Douglas Barr, Heather Thomas. No, 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 Steve. You're thinking of the Fall Guy. No, no, no. You're thinking of the one that uh, show that's on Sunday nights uh, with uh, Lois and uh, Peter. And no, Steve. Stewie. That would be the Family Guy. You're thinking of the uh, the former game show host on Sesame Street. Uh, no, that was Guy Smiley. <laughs> I used to love that. that yeah, was, Guy that Smiley. Fun, yeah. yeah, I love that. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds have announced that the team's annual Hometown Heroes Night, scheduled for this Saturday, is sold out. Come on! However, if you weren't able to get tickets, uh, you can still watch the game from the comfort of your home. Saturday's game against the Belleville Senators will be broadcast on Cozy TV beginning at 7 p.m. I think that's really cool. That's very cool. Good news from the... Uh, Anytime you hear of a sellout yeah. uh, for the Thunderbirds, that's that's always great news. Uh, Senators grilled Ticketmaster on Tuesday afternoon, questioning whether the company's dominant, whether uh, Ticketmaster's dominance uh, in the ticketing industry led to its spectacular breakdown during the sale of Taylor Swift concert tickets. Republicans and Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee committee also debated possible action, including making tickets non-transferable to cut down on scalping and requiring more transparency in ticket fees. Some suggested it may also be necessary to split Ticketmaster and Beverly Hills, uh, California-based promoter Live Nation, which merged in 2010. The fact of the matter is, Live Nation and Ticketmaster is the 800-pound gorilla here, said uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut. This whole concert ticket system is a mess, a monopolistic mess, which uh, I voted for back uh, all the way back in 2010. Wouldn't it be wild? I mean, like, totally, absolutely wild if one of the people... That testified before Congress was Mike Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What do you want to see? You want to see uh, Lover Boy? You want to see Cheap Trick? I got the tickets right here. What do you want to see? I got them right here, right in my coat pocket. Yeah, right. I do a pretty good. Uh, yeah, you do a good Mike Damone. Yeah. Uh, Ticketmaster is the world's largest ticket seller, processing 5 million hundred, 500 million tickets each year in more than 30 countries. Around 70% of the tickets for major concert venues in the U.S. are sold through Ticketmaster, according to data in a federal lawsuit filed by consumers last year. In mid-November, Ticketmaster's site crashed during that pre-sale event for Swift's upcoming stadium tour. The company said its site was overwhelmed by both fans and attacks from bots, which were posing as consumers in order to scoop up tickets and sell them on secondary sites. Yes, the secondary sites that you also own. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm never a, b- a big fan of the idea of the government getting involved in stuff that uh, they really have no business getting involved in. But in a situation like this, when Ticketmaster is operating very much as a monopoly, it's about time that there be some attention focused on what they do and how they do it. The fact that you're, that, you know, you're being charged... Uh, that amount of money to see a concert of any kind, whether it's Taylor Swift or, uh, you, you know, three guys in a barn. It doesn't even matter. It's just the amount of money that is being wasted for you to go see a show. It, you know, you know, something has to be done. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no justification 
to sell a five hundred dollar, uh, you know, excuse me, a five thousand dollar Bruce Springsteen ticket or a twenty thousand dollar Taylor Swift ticket. It's just there's it's absolutely insanity. Isn't the three guys in a barn that uh, Tom Selleck and Ted Danson and Steve Gutenberg movie from the eighties? No, no, no. That's uh, that's uh, three fathers and a baby. That's three men and a baby. No, no, no. You're thinking of that place that sells burgers and uh, and fresh cut no, french fries. No, no, Steve. That's five guys. <laughs> that's five guys burgers and fries. No, no. You're thinking of the uh, the place in uh, in Suffield that has. Uh, um, it's like the only restaurant in Suffield. No, 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 Steve. That you're thinking of three figs. Uh, I'm thinking of more of the uh, of the of the the pizza place in uh, East Springfield. No, 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 that's two guys. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. then they go back to Guy Smiley again. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, This study's kind of fun. I have a study, a survey, a survey, if you will. Okay. And uh, there you go. Survey said. Uh, It's fun because it looks at how we feel today compared to 40 years ago, okay? Okay. Someone asked 1,000 Americans uh, questions about different parts of the country, the Northeast, Southwest, and Midwest, and they compared the results to the same poll done in 1983. And one question they asked was, which part of the country is the friendliest? And uh, the answer has not changed one bit. The South still ranks first. 47% 47% of people in 1983 voted for it, and so did 47% of Americans today voted for that. Okay. The Midwest is next at 30%, followed by people out west at 15%. The Northeast was voted the rudest part of the country then and now. Oh, really? Yeah, really. What do you mean by that? I don't know. What, what do a- you think I mean by that? Sounds to me like they asked a bunch of jerks. The uh, They had other questions, too, like who had the worst weather. The Midwest with 32% of the vote, but it was close. 28% said the South. I can see that with the tornadoes and all that stuff. Yeah, I would think so, too. And 27% said the Northeast. The West yeah. is I can, I can put a coat on a lot faster than I can replace a roof. Who has the thickest accent? The South dominated with 67%. That is probably one of the widely, you know, uh, probably the m- people who have the most accent is the Southern accent in this country. I would think so. I also think New Englanders have a pretty heavy accent, too, depending yes, but, but uh, if, in where in New England you're at. Yes, but if you're talking about who has the most of it's one, it's the South. It's the, definitely the South. Yeah. Uh, what is the best place for a vacation? West. The West got most of the votes, then the South. The highest cost of living? 45% of people also said the West. Yeah, because it's so much nicer out there. Uh, yeah, and some of your major cities in California are impossible to live in. And the Northeast was close at uh, 44%. That ain't cheap. And where do most people who run things come from? Uh, Northeast? Yeah, that got 47% of the vote. Huh. That was down from 51% in 1983. But the big change was the South now ranked second. 40 years ago, it was last. A lot of businesses have relocated down to the south. Well, I mean, uh, you know, my sister lives in uh, the metro Atlanta area. That's grown a lot. It, well, she moved there in like the mid '90s, and there was it was a sprawling community then. Well, now you go back there, you know, almost thirty years later, you won't even recognize it. It's yeah. like it's like uh, it, there's so many different developments that have popped up. And it takes, like, the, we're so lucky we don't have to deal with traffic issues like other areas of the country do. 
It takes like 20 minutes to go two miles in in that metro Atlanta area. Oh, yeah. And that's just on regular roads, and that's just everyday traffic. I mean, that's not to say we don't have traffic problems in the Northeast, but like in the Springfield area, believe me, please. No, and the traffic lights seem way longer in the South. Do they really? Well, because you know, they, you know, they, they're not in the same kind of hurry that we're in. Uh, no, I guess not. They're, they're, they're really not. If they, you know, if they're stuck in traffic all day, they don't, they don't care nearly as much as we do. If we're tra- uh, stuck in traffic for more than 10 seconds, we're swearing outside the uh, the car window. I heard, uh, we're going into road rage. We had one of these comedians a couple of years, or I probably God, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, something Walker Jr. Remember that guy? He was like a country music guy and he had all these dirty songs that he would sing. Yes. So so he was talking about people from the South, and he would say, well, see, the problem is the people from the Northeast, they just tell you how they feel right away. <laughs> the people from the South are really nice to you and sugary sweet on the outside, but we talk crap about you as soon as you turn your back. <laughs> it's probably which, true. Which is true. Yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, cloudy this morning and then uh, changing over to snow this afternoon. With a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 43. It's 27 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 750 and Jimi Hendrix. 750. The word. What's the word? What's the word? Keep your pants on. I'm getting there. 750. You got to do it when it says. I'm getting there. You know, don't worry. Well, it might be 751 by the time it comes out of here. Well, then then 751 it will be, but at least I'm not doing it three minutes earlier like I did yesterday. It says 750. Uh, congratulations to Lisa Bailey of Southwick. Yesterday, Lisa won uh, an Amazon Echo Dot simply by listening to this show. And I don't know what she was thinking, but she wins herself an Amazon Echo Dot. She heard the code word, and then she went to rock102.com uh, before noon, and then she won. It was simple as that. It's all brought to you by Michelob Ultra, helping to keep your New Year's resolution and Rock 102. Now, today's code word, Steve. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? Today's code word is the word echo. Echo. That's E as in everybody wants an echo dot. That's E as in everybody wants an echo dot. C as in... in I choose to win an echo dot. I choose to win an echo dot. H is in how can I win an an echo dot. dot. And O is in oh, will you please stop... Please stop... Repeating what I say. Repeating what I say. Oh, you're so It's annoying. an echo. I'm doing yeah, the Yeah, I know. That's I know. what I'm doing. Yeah, it's really interesting the way you did it. It's annoying. But I it's know. Annoying. Uh, the word is echo, so good luck to you. Well, and by the way, uh, we had a complaint yesterday. Yeah. Someone didn't uh, understand that in order to go onto rock102.com and enter the, uh, the word that you probably shouldn't go into the community calendar section of the website to do that. Oh. There is an area for you to... <clears throat> put the word in correctly. That sounds like a boomer mistake. Well, I don't know who or what made that mistake. Why is the VCR blinking 12, and how come I can't put the word into this hoochamacallit-what's-a-hoozy thing on the web web watcher? What am I supposed to do with this K-cup? What, what, what is a K? <laughs> we never had K-cups. We had we always had A-cups. I tried peeling off the cover, and it did nothing. And when the hell did they get to k Anyhow, Anyhow. Uh, you must have something to do. Oh, I must. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. That was it. That should have been the bit. That was now hear this. That's it. Now hear an old man complain about uh, how he can't 
navigate the Rock 102 website. It's not that hard. Uh, clip number one, here's a TikToker realizing, uh, uh, the question is, does a robot bartender deserve a tip? Okay. Uh, the TikToker uh, realizing the robot bartender making his cocktail added a 10% tip to the bill. It's itemized on the touchscreen as a 10% service charge, but here you go. I normally wouldn't mind a automatic 10% tip for making my drink, but you're a robot. Yeah. That's a good point. Why would a robot? I saw one of these out in Vegas. Yeah. And it seemed like the stupidest thing ever. Because it's it, watching people get cocktails made, it looked like it was like taking forever to mm-hmm. get that done. I don't like the idea at all. One, I w- I'm not going to tip a robot. Number two, you know a robot isn't going to give you that human touch. And when I mean human touch, I'm talking about the heavy pour. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like a scientifically mixed cocktail. And while that may be good uh, for the cocktail and certainly good for the owner of the bar, yeah. it ain't good for the customer. No. The big, the bigger tip, though. That's how you get the heavier pour. Oh, this guy tips well. well he's I've done get a big extra shot of Jack and his uh, Coke. The last time I got really loaded, and that you're talking a couple of years, really loaded. Mm-hmm. I went to the bartender, I gave him like 20 bucks and said, You're my man for the whole night. Heavy, heavy pour. You know what? I do that at weddings to the appetizer people. Yeah. I'm like, listen, listen here's five. Here's a here's an Abe Lincoln. I you want come you. over here every time you come out of that kitchen. Anytime you're walking around with a platter full of uh, you know, bacon-wrapped scallops, you come right to me, and, and there's more where that came from. And then you can go to everybody else. See me first. Me first. Uh, here's another clip coming uh, just in time for the Super Bowl. Hormel launched their first ever Hormel chili cheese brew. Apparently, the beer is all about bringing the taste of their chili cheese dip to life. Here's the commercial for the new beer. How do you take your favorite dip and turn it into your favorite sip? Ooh, my man. You brew it into reality by combining cheesy chilliness with hoppy beeriness. Chillification. Introducing Hormel chili cheese brew. It's the beautiful can. Now you can pair your dips and Yeah. Shit. All right. Excuse me. <laughs> Would anybody want beer to taste like that? Wouldn't you get the same effect by just washing it down with a, <laughs> I mean, a Milwaukee's best ice? Yeah. I mean, a, a Milwaukee's beast will go down a little bit better than your chili cheese beer. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> oh, God. Hormel chili kind of looks like vomit anyway. Uh, yeah, it does, Steve. It's something about that can, <laughs> being in the can. Uh, a homeowner in Australia spotted... Homeowner says what? A homeowner in Australia spotted uh, car thieves creeping up his neighbor's driveway in the middle of the night, so he launched into an expletive-filled rant that uh, that scared them away, right? And we're going to hear that expletive uh, rant now? It's going to be uh, bleeped out. No, yeah. Well, I got a- Whoa! Hey now! Hey, that would scare me. Yeah, it scares me now. Just thinking about it. Yeah. All right, a guy. We were trying to do when I was a kid. We were trying to do these. Uh, we pulled over to the side of the road. It was upstate New York, so there was, was nothing but farmland up there. Right. So then uh, one of our friends has to, you know, uh, go to the bathroom. So we pull over to the side of the road, and you know, near this farm, he gets out, start, uh, does his business in the ditch, 
And then he starts to get back in the car, and we start doing that, you know, drive up, you know, a little oh, bit yeah. so he can't grab the door kind so of funny. thing. And then this guy, this guy who all of a sudden this, this pickup truck comes from the farm, and he comes, like, flying down and then blocks our car in the middle of the road and gets out, and he's uh, he gets out with a bat. <laughs> and he was like... He starts yelling, and it was this, like, profanity-laced, like, what the F are you doing here? And, uh, you know, I've had my barn broken into. You know, he thought we were, like, you know. Causing he, problems. Well, he obviously had somebody who, who had broken into his uh, property, so he, naturally he assumes whoever's near his house doing uh, <laughs> shady stuff in the middle of the street. Right. You know, the, the, maybe they're the ones. So he And he, like, yelled, and it took us, like, Probably 10 minutes to calm this guy down and tell him that we're just a bunch of idiots playing a stupid game here. Like, this has nothing to do. We're not uh, cow tipping or anything else. My buddy had to take a whiz. That's that's the that's only thing we did. That's all he had to do. That's it. But uh, we all had to go to the bathroom then shortly yeah, after I bet you did. that encounter. That was that was horrible. Thanks for bringing that up. Bex. No problem. You're a uh, Pioneer Valley Wait, for, uh, wait, why am I doing the forecast? I don't even know why you're doing it. I feel like I'm doing the news every time I do that segment. Except you're not. But I'm not. Yeah. It's, it's really 7.58, and uh, that's Now Hear This with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. I... And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters, before and after the storm. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown was putting, busy, busy putting together a four-hour-long broadcast to announce their incoming enshrinement class, only to select eight-time Gold Glove winning Scott Rowland over the other 27 guys who are eligible, I could not help but think what sort of future Hall of Fame prospects will be peppering the lineup for the Boston Red Sox this upcoming season. Sure, the Red Sox may have finished in last place, and surely the team is making moves and making deals that can only make things better, am I right? You bet I am. Why, just you wait and see what sort of improvements they're making. Yesterday, as the Red Sox were busy making the official introduction of the $7 million one-year contract they just gave to Adam Duvall, the team was also busy putting together a blockbuster trade with the Kansas City Royals. And who did they wind up with? According to reports, the Red Sox have bet the farm to obtain shortstop Edelberto Mondesi in exchange for cash and a player to be named later. Uh, who that player is going to be? I would have to be someone awful productive for the Royals to let go of this kid. What kind of players, Edelberto? Well, if you're looking for someone who was limited to 15 games last season because of a torn ACL, then Adelberto is your kind of guy. He's also the kind of guy that took advantage of his 50 at-bats to rack up a startling batting average of 140. Scored three runs, seven hits, knocked in a total of three RBIs. This kid is a number-crunching wrecking ball, and he's all ours. And to make room for the thickness of that bat, the team has uh, assigned designated reliever Matt Barnes for assignment. Best of all, the dude comes with only a $3 million price tag. What a, with a powerful 140 batting average, he'll be worth every penny. Now you might say, but Baxi, should we be lavishing such praise on a kid that only played 15 games last season? Of course not. The poor kid was hurt, just like he's been every season for the last seven years of his career. But when you have the chance to grab a kid this sensationally done, you do not hesitate because this kid is magic. In fact, just wait till you see how he makes $3 million disappear before your very eyes. He's like David Copperfield, but without all that readily available talent. 
But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, it's tough living on the streets, getting kicked by smart-ass kids and getting clipped by passing cars. The 32-gallon Ace trash can can take it. It is tough. At only 23 bucks with your Ace Rewards card, totally worth it. Trash bags on sale, too. Stock up now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 811 and Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, uh, it is going to be uh, cloudy today with some snow showers starting late this afternoon. Could see some accumulation again. Uh, we're in that... <clears throat> Dave Hayes, the weather nut, called it that triangle of disappointment because yeah. we don't get that snow. So it could be all around us, but uh, we're not going to get as much as they say. <sighs> Maybe. I. You know what? I'm not even... Don't even take my word for that. <laughs> it's either going to be nothing or it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of something. Listen, I, I, I'll i fully admit that uh, I get my weather by typing in the zip code for Springfield and pulling it up re- that the Google weather. There. That's what and I... I do that, and then I'm mostly wrong most of the time. See, I make the mistake of going to something known as the Weather Channel, which mm-hmm. I find, uh, you know, it's, it's a hit or miss. They say about an inch. Which is where this Google weather is from. It's weather.com. All right. Well, then we're we're getting from the same source. Hey, how would you like to do a round of Am I the Air A couple of of good ones here. I'll start with the short one first, okay? Okay. Uh, Am I the A-hole for giving my mother-in-law a copy of her own house key when she asked to get a copy of mine? Uh, my uh, hubby and I recently bought a new home together. His mom started pestering us for a copy of the key in case of an emergency. I told her about the rule we have and that it is only residents who get to have a copy of the key. She kept complaining and even got the family involved. And last week she demanded a copy of the key sent to her. So I decided to grab a copy of the key to her house that my husband was keeping for years. And I sent it to her with a note saying, only residents get a copy, so this is the copy for the home you reside in. Oh, my gosh. She was beyond livid about it. She told the family, and uh, and I was called names. Now the hubby is complaining about how I escalated and made a mistake by upsetting her further instead of just sticking to no thank you. Yeah, no thank you would have resolved a lot of this, actually. Um, You know, I'm not, one, I'm not sure why the mother-in-law wants the well, key that badly, but nevertheless... Uh, it sounds like the wife is being kind of a obstinate jerk. Well, she's stirring the pot, but uh, the old lady, uh, she doesn't have the right to grab a key to the house no. or be upset about it. I mean, are you? Is he? Is it? Uh, is it customary where she's ritualistically asked to come and watch the kids or watch the house or, or to visit, or is she just you know trying to assert herself? Doesn't sound like that. Sounds like she just wants a key to the house. Right. Well, then that's it's, it's not hers to have. If uh, if you're going to watch the house or the or the kids, or the dog or whatever it may be, I'll leave a, a key out for you. But uh, it ain't going to be your key. Well, I uh, again, I think the mother-in-law needs to uh, stop pestering her about the whole key thing. Yeah, no, I get that. But uh, you know, don't uh, don't fan the flames. By acting like a jackass if she's continuing to ask for the key. Bax, I'm playing the devil's advocate. I know Taking what you're the doing. side of the uh, uh, the daughter here. Yeah. See, uh, I, even if she was passive. It's actually a kind of a pretty good passive-aggressive move. Sure, but you see, I I think you, you're dealing with, uh, with two a-holes here. It's not uh, one 
or the other. Uh, just, but one of them has made things substantially worse. But I, but a good passive aggressive move always makes somebody feel better. Yeah. So by that woman, see, somebody benefited from this. Yeah, but a, a lot of <laughs> passive aggressivity doesn't necessarily benefit anybody. I find. Well, I guess you and I live on two different planets. Don't I we, guess guys? we do. Uh, here's another one. Uh, am I the a-hole for not letting my sister's boyfriend use hot sauce? Every Sunday, my family rotates who makes dinner. One day, it's my wife and I, and the next time, it's my sister and her boyfriend. The next, my mom and dad, and then finally, my grandmother. With our busy lives, this is an important day to us because uh, besides holidays, we wouldn't be able to meet up and chat or eat without it. So we come from an Italian family, but uh, <clears throat> are in Canada. My mom was born there. I was here. I take my food very seriously, especially Italian food, and double especially because my nana is eating with us. I spend all day preparing dinner, and when we sit down to eat, my sister's boyfriend is humming and hawing, saying my meal is missing something. He says it needs hot sauce and starts walking to my fridge. Now all I have is Frank's and Sriracha. I like hot sauce too, but I don't dare mix cuisines like that. So I stopped him, saying I'd appreciate if he enjoyed my meal as it is. He said it's no big deal, and in a way it isn't, but also in many ways it is. I told him at the very least, I have some Calabrian oil, chili oil? Calabrian. Calabrian yeah. chili oil he, uh, he can use, or dry, dried chili flakes. Then it would be he at least still Italian. Uh, he insists on sriracha, and I declined him. He escalated it and said what he was going to do was go to the store and buy his own bottle in return. And if that's the ca- and if that's going to be the case. So I said, by all means. And he left. And we finished up dinner. We called it an early night. Everyone is putting their coat and shoes on and he returns. And he is, I can't say the word, but angry. Okay. Very angry. Okay. Yeah. If it matters, I made uh, carbonara bruschetta. And then for mains, which he uh, didn't get to yet, was a seafood platter and red sauce. My wife and I are 34 and 35, respectively. My sister and boyfriend are 23 and 22, respectively. Just to put you in perspective of who you're dealing with here. <sighs> Why do people have so many rules about food? I you, don't know. If, if, if the dude wants hot sauce, let him have hot sauce. There was a, a, a guy I know who went to a restaurant in Westfield that doesn't exist anymore, and it was an Italian restaurant, and I can't remember the name of it. Right. But anyway, he ordered, he wanted shredded cheese on his muscles, and the owner, the cook, yeah, got very offended. Like, you don't do that to that kind of dish, and that's not what it's all about. There are a lot but of- I'm like, if you're the consumer, what the hell do you care? What are you putting on the dish? Some people have a lot of rules, okay? And, and there are some people say, well, you never want to put cheese on uh, on seafood. But, you know, it, it, things don't go down, don't go down easy if it ain't all cheesy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Too many rules. You know what? Let him have his hot sauce. You eat the food that you want to have it what? the way you want to have it. Let him have it the way he wants to have it. Stop being such a... Such a such a uh, you know, a rule pig about this. I uh, th- I told you the story the one time where I helped my friend move, and uh, then he you know he he says he doesn't pay in in money, because why would you? Right. He uh, he said I, I I can pay in food, which meant his mother was gonna make uh, a big pork pernil and uh, and rice and beans, and I'm like I'm all that's about got, that. That's good enough that's for all, me. That's all about it for me. So we uh, we get done uh, helping him move. 
and then they go over to his to his mother's house, and she's got the oh, you know, and they're they're very it's very very Puerto Rican uh, you know immersed in in the culture. Yeah. So they yep. have like the the the. The big piece of pork and the big pot of of, of rice and then oh. the plantains. Oh my right? god! So I load up on so all this delicious. stuff and I sit down, and I'm sitting in in, in the dining room of, of her home, and uh, her daughter is sitting uh, right across from me. Yeah. And uh, I said, uh, I said, uh, uh, do you guys have any salt? Right. And it was like, it was like <laughs> that. Um, it was like that commercial for the Palaner All Fruit when everybody's like, please pass the Palaner All Fruit. And then that redneck goes, could you please pass the jelly? And everybody starts passing out because you don't dare call yeah. it jelly. And then oh, the, the old El Paso yeah. uh, salsa. Yeah. New York and then, City. Uh, and then her daughter goes, you want to put salt on my mama's food? In all fairness, yeah. that's a pretty heavily salted cuisine to begin with. Well, it was with. more for the plantains. It wasn't for the for the pork or the rice. It was the it yeah. was the plantains. Well, the plantains have a lot of salt because you need the break from all that salt. Other, otherwise, everybody who eats uh, that kind of food would like uh, yes, have a heart attack. But I love high blood pressure and, and risk of stroke, oh. so I want more salt. And then uh, so so then she now now his mother doesn't speak English. So the daughter then, you know, the mother wants to know what the commotion is about. So then the daughter explains to her in Spanish, you know, you know that I that this you know monster in your in your dining room wants to put salt <laughs> on his food, right? But but she, yeah, knowing that I just helped her baby boy, yeah. He can put salt on anything he wants yeah. to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. See, yeah. so uh, I I escaped uh, being chastised even further yeah. for for asking for salt. I never got the salt, by the way. <sighs> you probably didn't need it, Steve. To I'm be just honest. saying. I know, I know. But with all that nice, dr- you yeah. f- your drippy fat, delicious, you know, coming off that perneal, uh, you're gonna you're gonna swipe yeah, the plantain but, right through it, gliding again, it through. I, I, so I, delicious. I needed a little salt on the plantain. Oh my god! Well, anyway. Listen to you. Hey, uh, well there you go. That's uh, and uh, so who was the a hole in that situation? I think. Uh, I think the lady who cooked the food's got the problem with the guy having the hot sauce. Let him. No, I'm talking about my situation. Oh, you? Oh, uh, yeah. me probably for asking for the salt. Yeah, because you don't there's, ask. There's for enough salt. salt in perneal. An authentic cuisine. Yeah, you don't ask. You don't. To you don't. Yeah. Spice it up. It's a uh, eight twenty-two with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hi, it's Hank for two Springfield's Classic Rock eight twenty-eight. And Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, cloudy this morning and then uh, snow showers by this afternoon. Could see some accumulation throughout the area. High of 35 tomorrow. Uh, sunny with a high of 43. It's 29 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, tomorrow on the show, a Thunderbird Thursday, your chance to win all kinds of great stuff from the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All kinds of good stuff. That's tomorrow. Um. All these people are chiming in about that restaurant in Westfield that I was talking about. Yeah. It was, it was over near Hampton Ponds, and now it's like a Russian church. They had built this whole complex there now. But it was a place there, and, and all these people who are who are texting me, they're saying the exact same thing. Like, the guy would take you to task on what you were asking for for your meal. <laughs> and if you wanted an argument, you could have it with him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he frowned upon a lot of different things. Like, they, you know... 
I guess I guess when you're when you're an artist, like a culinary chef, sure. You want people to enjoy your food the way it is. I get that. But you're also paying a decent price for it, so you can kind of do whatever you want with it. Well, I, I I don't know this restaurant, so you'll have to forgive me for for I asking. I think it was this, called Bon Appetito or Bon Appetito. Okay, yeah. Would you say that the food had a certain level of artistry that that what? that would have demanded what? such such harsh rules? The food was very good. Okay, all right. I don't know, you know. But I'm also like I I'm like ignorant when it comes to things like that. I got it. Like to me, it might not be a big deal that you know this guy maybe won awards all over the world. Right. It's like, no, I'm, uh, I'm I'm asking because it'd be like you know going into Applebee's and and yeah. uh, and then you know all of a sudden getting uh, you know getting castigated by the head chef. Okay, and you can't use Applebee's as a comparison to anything good. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to. No, but I'm just saying like it would. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're that into it and you're you're very particular about your ingredients, then maybe you have an argument, but I wouldn't be pushing people out the door. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News. From- 833. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days. It includes insurance. Try it before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. As Western Mass residents clean up from Monday's snowstorm, another one is on its way. The uh, 22 News Storm Team issued a weather alert for snow Wednesday afternoon, and even uh, Wednesday afternoon and evening, changing to ice and rain from south to north Wednesday night. Uh, there's also a winter weather advisory for Hamden, Hampshire, and Franklin County from 1 p.m. Uh, today to 1 a.m. tomorrow. You know, I I think mm-hmm. I'd rather just have dry snow than the that, uh, that the, piles up than than the slushy ice mix oh, stuff. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's like uh, you got to put your uh, goulashes on. You put your goulash on. I don't have uh, goulashes. I may. Uh, you don't wear goulash? eat goulash when I come back in from shoveling all that heavy heart attack snow. Isn't that what you put on your feet? You you put uh, you put macaroni and uh, and ground beef on your feet to keep them dry in the snow. Your goulash. No, goulash. no. In fact, anytime there's goulash in the house, I rarely ever put my feet in it. Uh, snow will. I likely... put my face in it or a spoon, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not putting my feet into anything. Snow will likely start uh, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. So you got plenty of time to dread it coming our way. Okay. Uh. The Springfield Fire Department put out a kitchen fire on uh, Penrose Street earlier Tuesday evening. Springfield Fire says there was no reported injuries, but three people were without a home. Red Cross is assisting them. According to Springfield Arson and Bomb Squad, unattended cooking was the cause of the fire. Can you imagine? I would uh, be devastated if I lost my house in a fire. Completely devastated. But I would even be more devastated and embarrassed if it was something I did wrong. Like stepped away from a stove. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's gotta be a. That's gotta be a. If I'm cooking dinner, to the ego, and I gotta step away from the stove, yeah. I never not go back to the stove, right. and I never take a lot of time in between the moment I walk away and the moment I come back. You know, it's like uh, if I go, like I gotta go to the bathroom or whatever. Quick, you know, quick uh, run to the bathroom. Quick back to the stove. May even turn the heat down if I have to. Yeah, you know, if I'm. Yeah, if I'm like uh, doing something that uh, requires attention, I try to pay attention. Uh, to and then you, ru- and then you know, and dinner's ruined too. That's the other thing. 
They don't talk about that. They don't talk about, you know, all that work you went into before you left the stove unattended. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? But you said they were close to what uh, restaurant? Did the, uh, Tony's Pizza Tony, right on Boston Road. Tony's Pizza. Can't, uh, can't go wrong with Tony's Pizza. Oh, sorry, kids. The house is burned down. We're going to have to go get pizza tonight. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Frank, who used to work over there, now has got a pizza place in uh, in Long Meadow, Frankie's Pizza. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to try that one out too. Uh, you know what? Dude knows how to make a pie. Uh, Tuesday night's winning Mega Millions ticket was sold right here in Western Massachusetts. Yay! <laughs> the thirty-one million dollar Mega Millions jackpot ticket was sold at the Stop and Shop in Belchertown. According to the Mass Day Lottery, that jackpot comes with a $16.3 million cash option if the winner wants to take the money right away. Wait a minute. That's half the money? It, it, how much is it? 15 30, million? $31 million, uh, That's and you get $16.3 million. That's almost half. It's a little bit better than half. Yeah, that's, I don't know, man. That's uh, and it, you it's know, almost not worth becoming a multimillionaire. And and you were wrong because our, uh, our accountant friend uh, texted us yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that when you take the cash option, you still have to get taxed on that. That's not that's not after taxes. Every year though? No, just one, a one, one time, time. Okay. Uh, deal. That's fine. Yeah, but wouldn't you be getting more if you spread it out over the course of twenty years? Apparently it doesn't really work out quite that way. I mean, I would think taking it over time helps you with budgeting, makes you you'll, and helps you'll you force your beat. It helps you manage your taxes a little it bit. Helps better. you manage a lot of things. You know, because then you could just say, oh, I get this big check every year, and that's just my income. Yeah. You know what I read? This is kind of amazing. What? Remember last year, there was no, a, a single- I don't remember yesterday. All right. But remember, uh, yeah. work with me here. Uh, last November, there was a, a winning Powerball ticket worth $2.04 billion in California. Remember that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that was November. And granted, it's only February. But uh, they were reporting the other day, like like two days ago. That ticket has still gone unclaimed. Now you have like a year yeah. to claim it, okay? Before just you know you 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 know use it or lose it. But here it is. It's uh, almost February, and uh, no word on who has it. No word whether anyone has claimed uh, this uh, this money or you know gone to the nearest lottery office or you know whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be crazy if that ticket were yours? And here it is, nearly no February, and you didn't even know that you're sitting on a $2.04 billion Powerball ticket that probably went in the trash because you just assumed, yeah. well, I mean, I guess it wasn't me. You know, I was uh, I was going through some stuff in my basement uh, recently and found like a couple of Powerball tickets from a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then uh, I'm like, wouldn't that be a kick in the pants if this was like the jackpot winner and I just forgot that I even had this thing and didn't turn it in? Mm-hmm. And you didn't turn it in on time, so yeah. you can't claim it. Luckily, it was a loser, so uh, kind of goes along with the theme of the rest of the tickets that I've ever bought. Not a very lucky, lucky uh, when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, when it comes to winning money. Yeah, but when, when they tell you that, like, you know, someone in Belchertown. Yeah. Or bought their ticket in Belchertown, you know, won. I'm sure everybody in Belchertown or anyone who what? bought their ticket at the Stop and Shop at Belchertown is looking at their ticket today. You don't think that Pride Station uh, benefited from the fact that Mavis Wanzik won $700 million from it? Well, there's no question. Because people, every- people went back thinking, you know, that if they've had one uh, billion dollar winner, they'll have another one. Well, stranger things have happened, too. 
You know, I mean, it's probably highly unlikely, but you know, there's that 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 idea that well, you know what? Maybe this is a lucky store, and I'll go in there. I bet you that that store increased business. Yeah. Oh, I, in fact, yeah. it did. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, after that happened, the next jackpot. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, four days later, they had a huge line of people thinking it's going to happen again. I know for me, I'm not that superstitious. So if 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 I know for for example that a thirty $31 million ticket was sold to the Stop and Shop at Belchertown. Yeah. I'm probably not going to go to the Belchertown Stop and Shop to buy lottery tickets. But there are I'll many go somewhere people that else. will, though. That's yeah, some saying. people will because, because they're just not thinking. Not using their, they're not using their head. See, if I, if I win a, a jackpot like that, I'll invest money into the place that's, that's, <clears throat> uh, that sold me the ticket because you know the sales are going to increase. Yeah, but that doesn't increase your odds of winning. I'm talking about after the fact, yeah. after you've won. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. No, but you'll get a return because more people are shopping at that store. I guess. It's a stupid idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why, I'm not, you know, that's why I was thinking it was. That's why you're not entertaining it? Is that? Yeah, that's why it's not really a consideration for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't come up with grand grand ideas sometimes, Bax. I hope you've kind of figured that out by now. <laughs> right? Well, I kind of knew it going in. Uh, you know, you mentioned something the other day about, uh, you know, with Quincy, with the, the pickup truck. Yeah. And and Quincy saying, you know, get a truck that you wouldn't have to help people move with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once you're past your mid-20s and a full-fledged adult, is it rude to ask friends to help you move? Uh, no, I don't think it's rude. Uh, my friends could always say no. But, uh, you know, I like to think at this point in my life, I'd probably hire professionals to move me. Yeah. Yeah. Someone uh, posted a screenshot of a text sent to a friend offering to help them move. The friend's reply said, I would never ask a friend to help me move. I'm an adult. I appreciate you asking, though. The uh, person who posted it clarified that helping a friend box stuff up can be fun and helpful. But if you can afford to hire movers, you shouldn't ask friends to help with heavy stuff like your couch. As always, the reactions online are mixed. Some people think it's dead on, and others people uh, say that that's what friends are for. Hmm. The uh, tweet has racked up around 40 million views in the last few days, so BuzzFeed did an informational poll and asked other things we would or would not ask friends to do for us. Okay. Okay, right? Survey said? Uh, help move furniture. Well, I just did that with Barry Krieger last week. Yeah. I would definitely do now, that. Now, did he ask you, or did you just volunteer it? He asked me. Okay. Yeah, he asked, um, he said, uh, I need your help moving some furniture. All right, okay. And I couldn't get over there the day he asked, and then I, I went over the next day and I did See, it. here's the thing. I don't know if I would ever just offer for the sake of offering, you know, just to be a nice guy. I would, I would never say, oh, I'll help you move. I'll help you move uh, I'll help you move all that heavy furniture. I just don't, I don't know if I'd do that. Well, I would be like, do you need help moving? Yeah, yeah, but are you saying that because you really want to help somebody move, or are you saying that because they're dropping hints all over the place that they want you to help? Um, I'm just saying it to be nice. Yes, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I'll do. I'll do other things that are nice. What about uh, ask for help painting your whole apartment or home inside? I've never asked anybody to help me paint. No, I could paint a room. I could do it. I can't at all. I could do it. I tried to use a sprayer once. You should see the monstrosity that came out of that. Oh, no, I'd roll. Yeah, because uh, I didn't prep it right. Well, I screwed sucks. it up. Uh, how about deep cleaning your apartment before you move out or your house? 
No, no, I, I think I would do that, that myself. I paid a I paid a guy to do that to clean out my old house. Yeah, it looked like a brand new house. I'm like, I kind of want to move back in here. You cleaned it so nice. <laughs> uh, can you ask a friend to pick you up at the airport? I've done that. I don't like to. You don't like to drive somebody to the airport? I don't like to ask somebody for a ride to the airport. I've, to me, it's a it's 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 cheaper and less. Uh, burden on your friends yeah but why should you incur the costly price of parking your car at an airport well you find one for 50 bucks for the week it's not bad i haven't asked anyone to drive me to the airport in many many years mostly because i haven't flown a whole lot lately but uh you know the last few times i just ubered my way to the airport and everything was fine is it okay to borrow a small amount of money from a friend 33 percent say yes but it drops to just three percent for a large amount of money I have loaned people money. I have never asked for money. I uh, have only loaned people money with knowing that there's a giant chance I'm never going to get this back. Yeah. And it's been like, you know, less than $100 kind of thing. But I knew that I wasn't going to get it back, so I lent it out anyway. Well, you're a better person than most. Uh, is it okay to ask a friend to make a fake dating profile and message your significant other to see if they'd flirt with you? Uh, no, that's not good. That's, that's not right. What, all of a sudden, they just asked a bunch of kids what they thought on this survey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is childish. I mean, that really is a childish way of entrapping somebody. Oh, let's see if they flirt with you if you message them. Really? Really? That's, yeah. You're that desperate to... to to put yourself in a position to be jealous? The, the whole idea of pretending you're someone else online always blows my mind anyway. You know, like, everything is electronic. They're going to find out who you are. It's Don't you so think they would find out who you were if you at were some pretending point, to be somebody else? Yes. Everything is traceable. And that's the thing. People think that they delete things and they, they're just gone. No, that's not don't. the case at all. Stupid. Uh, all right, I'm done with my old man rant. That's it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, cloudy, and then you're going to see some snow showers this afternoon and a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 43. It's 29 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Patera Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Westfield is celebrating the new year with a brand new shipment of new Jeeps. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock, 853. And Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, <clears throat> cloudy today and then snow moving in after noontime today throughout the Pioneer Valley with a high of 35. Tomorrow, Sunday with a high of 43. It's 29 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, tomorrow, it is a uh, Thunderbird Thursday, your chance to win some great stuff from the Springfield Thunderbirds. That's tomorrow, so make sure you're listening for all of that. I just uh, I like looking at headlines sometimes. Yeah. And I uh, I see this one. FDA proposes limits on lead in baby food. In other news, there's lead in baby food. <laughs> Isn't that, uh, now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because, you, know, yeah. you know, I grew up in the 70s and there used to be all these PSAs on television how yeah, lead. You know, you're not supposed to be, like, eating lead paint like it's pudding yeah. or, uh, you know, chewing on a windowsill because mm-hmm. it may have right. lead paint in it. That's why they still have lead tests today. Yes, that is right. Mm-hmm. Of course, no one uses lead paint anymore. But nevertheless, uh, if I'm not mistaken, lead is bad for you. So why would you put it in baby formula? I don't know. The FDA uh, proposed significant limits on levels of lead in processed baby food 
that could reduce exposure to the contaminant by as much as 27%. Wow. that's uh, Am I crazy or is that a lot of lead? The new uh, draft guidance applies to packaged foods, items sold in jars, pouches, tubs, and boxes intended for babies and children under two. It would limit the concentration of lead in fruit, vegetable, and yogurt products to 10 parts per billion and to 20 parts per billion for dry cereals, including single-ingredient root vegetable products like mashed potatoes. I guess there's no escaping lead in anything. They're just telling you, well, we're going we're gonna to take out more lead. Yeah, but but how, how messed up is it that we have to have set limits on how much horrible things can go into our food? I mean, like, for example, like the FDA has specific limits on how many rat hairs can be in a hot dog. Right. You know, or how many uh, how much pig testicle meat can be in a sausage. You know, the FDA, you know, has set those and, limits. It's like why would you need to set those limits if it wasn't readily apparent that we're eating loads of rat hair at every baseball game you go to and every time you order a Fenway Frank. Well, it wasn't that in uh wasn't that in the naked gun where he was eating the finger? <laughs> <laughs> Because it was the guy who was fell into the machine, that's, the hot dog yes, machine. That's right. Yes. That's right. It was uh, it was the guy. It was Ricardo Montalban who found the finger in the <laughs> that's right. in the hot dog. And that was just before things yeah. went real bad for Reggie Jackson. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just uh, yeah. There's 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 levels of everything inside of your food. They're, they're saying that like even the water supply now has sweetener in it. Because of, you know, water gets filtered. I mean, you, you, even your wastewater, yeah. like your urine and things like that, get go back into the environment after being filtered. But now there's levels of saccharin in it because we consume so much saccharin. Like a tab. Yeah, like there's a tab. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I call my little buddy. Yeah, it's it's a, that's what you call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's tab hunter little, right little there. Little tiny, little tiny, just pop the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Fizzy. Ooh, look at him. It's 857 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Bourbon Barbecue and Blues on Saturday, February 4th at the Delaney House in Holyoke. Wait for it. Is sold out. 